We can rejoice and we don't have to be perfect. We are just loved people and we are just so excited about our kids. Amen. Amen. They get to participate in the things of God and uh, to learn about who he is, that they may transform their generation as well. Amen. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much. Uh, for your word, we thank you, Lord, for uh, Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that as, Lord, we take these next few moments, Father, that you would just uh, minister to our hearts, minister to our souls, God, and just um, encourage us, Lord, this Christmas season as we celebrate the awesome birth of a Savior who is coming back again for his people. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 2. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We won't be but a few minutes tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about what is Christmas. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2, we'll start reading at verse number 8. When you're there, you can say amen. amen. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When I think about what is Christmas and what it means and should mean to all of us, I can't think of a verse that uh, a passage or scripture that really, uh, really uh, uh, captured the moment more precisely than this announcement of Jesus' birth. And so based on what we just read here tonight, I just want to extrapolate six things that God showed me uh, really to explain to all of us what this season is really all about. The first point is that this Christmas is a time of surprises. Everybody say surprises. Everybody know what a surprise is, amen? How many of you like surprises? Uh, somebody, some folks that don't like surprises. Well, I want you to, to think for a moment in this particular passage of scripture. We see that the shepherds are basically doing their thing. They're shepherding. They're doing the business of shepherding. And then all of a sudden, God 
out of nowhere sends an angel and just kind of invade their space. God just shows up out of nowhere and says, surprise, here I am. I have an announcement. And, and what I have discovered in my life, that when God shows up, there's a couple of things. He shows up suddenly, amen? And a lot of times he shows up when we're least expected. Now, that's something to remember because some of you are probably believing God for some kind of miracle. How many of you want God to show up in your life? I mean, you want God to show up. And I will say to you that God probably will show up. Don't know if he's going to show up exactly like you want him to. Probably not. But he will show up. And when he shows up, he comes to bring joy. He comes to bring peace. He comes to bring love into our lives. And the shepherds were invaded with this awesome surprise. Many of you, if you can think back, you were, before you came to Christ, you were on a certain pathway, amen? Then Christ just kind of invaded your life. He just jumped in and said, this is it, I'm here, make a decision. How many of you would say that this is the best decision that I've ever made in my entire life? He invaded our life. It's, Christmas is a time of great surprises. One in fact, I love seeing it looked on my children's faces every Christmas when we open the gifts, amen? They just, I mean, they, they, you know, we, not too long ago, I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we had uh, uh, your little uh, daughter, um, I forget her name, I have a, Chloe. Uh, she was, uh, we was having a Christmas party and uh, you should have saw her face. I don't know if some of you saw it, but they, she saw it, she got a gift and the way her face lit up, it was like, oh my goodness. I mean, she was like, ah. She was just so full of joy and so uh, full of delight. And that's really what Christmas is all about. It's a time of surprises, and it's a time of good surprises. Amen. Secondly, what Christmas is, is it's a time of no fear. Look at verse number 9, and it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. I imagine that the shepherds looking at an angel would be quite intimidating. Uh, you know, most of the time, whenever you saw that, whenever someone saw an angel, they would always like kind of fall down. They would be intimidated, like, wow, this is massive. But the thing I love about Christmas and I love about what the angel said to the shepherds, he says, do not fear. Don't be afraid. See, Christmas is not a time to fear. It's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to worry. Amen? It's not a time to be sitting back worried about how you're going to do this and how I'm going to get through this or how I'm going to take care of all of this. How do you know God already knows what you have need of before you even ask? He already knows. And so how do you know God has not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind? It's not a time to be afraid. It's a time, my third point, it's a time of Great joy. Say great joy. Look what it says in verse number 10. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. What Christmas means to us is a time of joy. It's a time of happiness. It's a time that we 
sit back and we reflect on all that God has done for us throughout this year. It's a time to give thanks. It's a time to call your friends, to celebrate, to rejoice. Many of you will be spending time with your family. I trust and pray that you will keep away from the negative. Amen? Don't be negative and don't entertain negativism. Be a people of joy. How you know joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And joy is a choice that you and I make. Amen? And so we want to be people of joy. It's a time of great joy, a time of happiness, and a time to smile and reflect on all that God has done. And this joy is for all people. Look at your neighbor say all people. That's important because you don't always like all people. We ain't supposed to say that in church, right? But it happens. It's a time of great joy for all people. So we want to spread joy. We want to be a joyful people, and we want to spread joy to everyone we come into contact with because we have every reason to be happy and every reason to be joyful. Amen? We have every reason because of Christ. The fourth point is that it's a time to embrace and enjoy the Savior. How many know that everyone needs a Savior? Everyone need Christ the Savior. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I trust and pray that you have taken the time to make sure that you have bragged and boasted about a Savior. Amen. I had an opportunity today to do something that I do not like to do. Uh, my wife knows this, and some of you already know it through many of my sermons. I do not care much about shopping. I, I, I don't care. It was interesting, but somebody had posted something the other day on, on Facebook, and they said they made an observation, and they said that uh, the observation was that all the men were gathered around the map in the mall. And I thought that was pretty interesting because we're pretty much, you know, I like to go in, get what I get, and I like to come out. And the Lord, and so as I'm, as I'm walking through the mall today, and I'm still thinking in that frame of mind, I'm going here, and I'm going to get what I get, and I get out. And the Lord just convicted me. The Lord just convicted me that that's not the way I need to be thinking. This is a time. And, and, and you know, you, you, you look around, and you see all the, the people moving fast. And some people you see, they're upset and mad because they, you know, and they know they're spending beyond what they can afford. And God reminded me that this is a time to reflect and to share Christ the Savior. Let them know this is what Christmas is about. It's about sharing a Savior. And so we look for those moments and look for those opportunities. Not want to try to push people away, not just try to be by ourselves and not talk. But you know what? This is a time to engage. This is a time to engage with your loved ones, to engage with family, to engage with friends. And say, let me tell you about a man who changed my entire life. Perhaps the Holy Spirit will be convicting you right now. There's somebody that you need to share this good news with. Christ, a Savior, is born. Christ, the answer, is born. Christ, he is born, and he is for all people. Everybody who wants to receive him, he is available, and he's ready. Amen? And so we need to be ready to give an answer to the hope that is within us with respect and love.
The fifth point is the time to praise and to worship God. Look at verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When most of us think of praise and worship, the first thing that comes to our mind is singing, right? And singing is a big part of praise and worship. But, you know, there's another element of worship, and that is the laying down of your life. It's the laying down of your life before Christ. As the apostle said in Romans 12, that I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So part of our worship is that we invite the Holy Spirit and we invite God to invade those dark areas of our lives that has been infected by sin. And so in this time, so when we talk about worshiping God, one of the ways we worship God is we confess our faults, right? We confess our sins. We get right things that we've done wrong. We allow the Holy Spirit to come in and change us on the inside. And if need be, change relationships on the outside. But when we talk about worshiping God, it's not just coming here just singing a couple of songs. Worship is a lifestyle, amen? Your worship follows you in how you communicate with people, how you, how you deal with people on the outside, how, you know, how the relationship that you have with family, with friends. It's more, we talk about worship, it's not just about singing songs. It's about when you worship, you're saying, Lord, I'm laying down my life. And sometimes when you lay down your life, how many know it, it, it does hurt at times? And it's difficult. But in order to really engage and worship God, we got to deal with the stuff that is on the inside that's wrong. Amen? And so Christmas is a great time to say, Lord, search me. God, if there is any wicked way in my heart at all, lead me in the path of righteousness for your namesake. Lord, I'm open to change. God, show me where in my life that I've missed it, God. Because how many know that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked? That we don't even know ourselves fully the way that God knows us in truth. And so when we talk about worship God, this is great that we came out tonight and we sung songs and we come to make sure that we keep Christ first before we open a gift. We want to come and want to worship Christ. But in your worship, make sure you confess. Make sure you get some things right. Make sure you don't miss that important point, which leads me to the last point, that it is a time, Christmas is a time of peace. Verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest and in the and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. The Bible says that, that we are to seek peace and pursue it. Amen? I mean, no, we live in a very troubled world. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Jesus also said this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Children of God are peacemakers, amen? We are reconcilers. We are to be, not only have we been reconciled to God, but we are to be, help to be that bridge that help reconcile others to God. 
by fixing broken relationships. What Christmas is, as I think about this issue of peace, some of you know what I'm talking about. You have family. Sometimes our family is full of turmoil. They can't get along. Some of our extended families. Maybe you got families and relatives that you don't like, you don't get along. Maybe it's somebody that you have harbored some unforgiveness about. Maybe you refuse to forgive and let go. I would say what Christmas is, in the spirit of what the angel said here, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. How many know we really can't preach peace if we're not willing to live it? You can't preach what you don't live. And Christmas is a good time. It's really always a great time, but Christmas even more so. It's a time to dig down deep and say, Lord, if I have any unforgiveness in my heart toward anybody, God, first show me. And then go and make it right. How do you go and make it right? You just go and just say, look, the Holy Spirit has convicted me, and I just want to come to you and let you know that I've been harboring some unforgiveness and some bitterness against you, but now, for the sake of Christ, I'm willing to let that go. I'm willing to call a truce, peace, in honor of the Prince of Peace. So we forgive. Maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you and there's somebody in your life that you know you need to make it right. Go home tonight or early in the morning, however you can and when. Just get on the phone and say, you know what? I need, I need to let this go. For the sake of Christ and also for you. How many know it's good for you? And we honor our Savior when we forgive. So what is Christmas? It's a time of surprises. It's a time of no fear. It's a time of great joy. It's a time to embrace and enjoy the Savior. It's a time to praise and worship God for the glorious gift of his Son. And it's a time of peace. Amen? And now will be a great time to take communion because I believe by faith your hearts are pure and clean and you're ready to commune with the Lord. Amen? So as we prepare for communion, won't you just take a moment, search your heart, and ask God to speak to you. And if there's any issue in your heart whatsoever, if the Holy Spirit speaks, then simply obey and do exactly what he says. Don't try to fight him. Don't try to resist it. If the Holy Spirit convicts you of anything, then make sure that you take responsibility and get it right before we take communion. As we have learned that the Corinthian church, when they took communion, there were a lot of people who did not understand that communion was very sacred and holy. One of the institutions that Christ left for the church. Some people died and they got sick because they did not understand the holiness of the moment. Communion is holy, it's sacred. It's a time to be serious. It's a time to reflect. Approach this table tonight with great reverence 
and great fear, understanding that we are accountable to a holy God. Let's take a moment and examine our hearts. See? 